Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. This is Katie. It feels weird saying my name first because normally Sarah does it, but Sarah is having a little bit of time off this week. And so I have my amazing honorary co-host back today, Dusty. Hi, Dusty. Hi, thanks for having me back. (laughs) Yeah, you basically are like the third host. I mean, I guess you and Jake are our honorary co-hosts for whenever we need a substitute and everyone knows and loves you I feel like you don't even need an introduction anymore (laughs) making me blush oh my god (laughs) (laughs) well listeners uh Dusty was so kind as to volunteer to come back with yet another true crime story Mormon true crime rather because you still got that angle (laughs) I feel like lately we've been going in such the angle of true crime so I hope you all still enjoy it of course we're gonna throw in our regular content as well but I'm just a sucker I can't help myself and I want to know what this story is so thanks Dusty I'm excited welcome I'm excited to share with you I mean I don't know if excited is the right word but it's like so I don't know. Okay, this is the story that got me into true crime. So that's <gasps> where it stems from. Wow. I'm always interested to know what the story is that got people into true crime. And this one's yours. So, yeah. okay, that's exciting. And also, I don't know anything about this, but uh, Dusty did mention to me that we need to throw out a big gigantic trigger warning for this episode like all of the horrible content is probably going to be covered you said yeah like abuse sexual abuse child abuse it's all oh shit murder it's all it's all in there so if anybody is triggered by that or not in the mindset to listen to something like that please don't yeah just skip this one it'll be here for you when you're ready (laughs) big question though does do any dogs get hurt no, there's no dog. <laughs> okay, few. <laughs> I'm, I'm always just like, the dog. Like a dog or a horse gets hurt in a movie, I'm like, turn it off. I can't oh, handle no. it. Yeah. It's horrible. It just pulls at my heartstrings so much. I know that you're also a dog lover. She has the cutest little dogs. Are they schnauzers? Yeah, they're both miniature schnauzers. <laughs> oh, my God. And their names are Walter and... Albus. Uh, Albus. <laughs> So if you guys aren't following Dusty yet, uh, you need to go follow her, a girl named Dustin on Instagram, and then also follow her YouTube account, uh, Pardon the Dusty, where you can watch her clean her house, and it's so therapeutic and relaxing, and then it also motivates me to clean my house. (laughs) I know, it's like ASMR for your eyeballs. It really is. It's so satisfying to see everything get cleaned. I don't know what it is about it. It's just satisfying for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. my obsession. Like my, like, you know how it like suggests videos for you to watch? Everything uh-huh. my YouTube is like, clean with me, tidy with me, organize. <laughs> Those and are great. Husband, like, just make your own. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> Okay, well, now that the chit chat is out of the way, Dusty, take it away. Okay, so we're going to go back to, um, let's go back to 1997-ish. Ooh, okay, I feel like last time you told me this story, it was around the same time. Yeah, maybe there was like... Not this story, I mean last story you told me. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, um, okay. So I grew up in a very small town. Okay. Um, okay. I'll try and kind of leave out certain things. Like anybody that Googles it is going to know where I'm from. I'm not trying to like protect my identity or anything. Um, <laughs> just because there are people like I'm going to reference a few different things and just kind of for their privacy sake. Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a few people that like I know personally that are quoted and I just won't I maybe won't use them. <gasps> That's crazy that close connection, like knowing someone personally. Oh, I just got like chills a little bit. Social Jesus, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Ghost. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Did you ever do that? Like you'd be watching maybe a scary movie or you're telling scary stories around a campfire and you just get the the natural reaction of being slightly frightened and you're like, oh, it's the Holy Ghost telling me that this is not safe. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's so embarrassing to think about now, but that was me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I remember going to, we went to the ring in the theater and it was a double date. And the other girl was like, I think that the Holy Ghost is telling me we need to leave. <laughs> Stop it. I love that so much. It's so good. <laughs> oh, that's amazing and so relatable. Yeah, yeah, that movie was a little scary. I don't know if it's scary now. I haven't seen it since it came out, but yeah. I think okay, it's scary to kids now because they don't understand VHS and telephones. <laughs> and... God, yeah, it's all like that. <laughs> We're our ancient stuff from back in the <laughs> early 2000s, yeah. <laughs> so that... Okay, so you have a personal connection, and back in 1997, you're the small town where you grew up. Yes, so this is my hometown where I grew up. Um, We, so my sources for this are my mom. (laughs) (gasps) Cool. Um, There is a blog called cherishfreedom.wordpress.com. Okay. Um, KSL.com and the Globe and Mail, just if anybody wants more details, more than. So a lot of this is coming from like my memory and my mom's memory. Um, and then I just kind of filled it in like actual sources on the internet. Just so okay. I wasn't like, there were certain things that were kind of blurred because I was 13 years old. So. Oh, oh. yeah. So yeah. some things might need, yeah, a little filling in. Yeah. Just to, and I didn't know all the details. So yeah. Um, so yeah. In about 2007, um, this couple moved into our ward. Um, and their last name was Fedorowicz. Okay. All my mom really remembers about them is that they wore like yellow lens glasses. Oh. Yeah. That's like all she remembers. She remembers they were a little strange. (laughs) You know what, you know what came to mind? Do you remember in, it was in like the early 2000s when those colored sunglasses were so popular like they had the blue lenses and the pink ones and then the yellow ones that's what first came to mind and then I realized they're just reading glasses or I mean just actual glasses for them to see right like not sunglasses okay (laughs) yeah I think they were just like a colored lens for like I don't know like a light glare maybe I'm not sure (laughs) okay (laughs) but I do like remember somebody wearing them in our board but yeah but I don't I don't remember like anything more than that um so they had moved into our ward and then I want to say like a few months later a younger couple had moved into our ward from I believe Toronto okay so their names were Todd and we called her Ariana and their last name was Bluff Hmm, okay so um yeah so they had 
they were friends with this other couple, these Fedorowicz people, and the Fedorowicz didn't stay very long in our ward. They ended up moving down to Salt Lake. Mm. So The promised land, the promised Zion. Land. Yeah. yeah. Um, but some background on Fedorowicz is that he was pretty, like, he, was, he had some ideas about the church um, that kind of were more along the lines of, like, fundamentalist type things. Oh, yeah, like he'd actually he'd been like removed from a position in a ward out east, and there was just a few little problems with him just kind of going off on his own little ideas. That's always um, the beginning. Well, not always, but I feel like that makes me nervous when mm-hmm. people really start to kind of go down that fundamentalist path with almost any religion, but Mormonism especially, because then that's when they start like a lot sometimes idolizing people like. Uh, Brigham Young and getting into like the blood atonement and all that stuff it can get like pretty scary pretty quick yeah yeah Yeah. there's some weird like especially because like Brigham Young was into like blood sacrifice or not blood atonement Mm -hmm. yeah so scary it's just a little it's a little sketchy (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so anyways so yeah the Fedorowicz they moved to Salt Lake City the Bluff family stayed Okay. In our ward. Um, so they had two little girls. Um, Rebecca was three and Sarah was a baby, like just little. Are these the people that stayed the bluffs? The bluffs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in t- 1990, I want to say 1997, um, Todd was called as my Sunday school teacher. Oh, Okay. So I was 12, yeah, and he was my Sunday school teacher. So, like, that first Sunday school that you have when you're, like, out of primary. Yep, uh-huh. Oh, so many flashbacks. I remember the room so clearly and, like, those hard chairs that made your butt fall asleep. So many object lessons. Oh, the smell. I can smell it. The carpeted walls. I can smell it. Uh-huh. Every single, like stake center and church building they all smell the same and I don't know why do you think that they clean with a special type of cleaner or something or an air freshener that they all smell exactly the same I don't understand if any oh. of you listeners know write in yeah, no I need to know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just weird it's just weird that they all smell the same Mm-hmm. and I always like, think about ghost like central I don't know <laughs> holy ghost central <laughs> He's just, he's just like, um, crop dusting the entire building. It's like, yeah, Holy Ghost farts. That's what they smell like. Oh my God. I just can imagine that smell so clearly mixed with yeah. like the smell of Cheetos because all the little kids have to have their snack. I don't know. It's very prominent for me for some reason. Yeah. So I can, I can put myself there with you in your little, you know, 12 year old Sunday school class. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. I didn't really like Todd and I could never, I could never explain why. Um, Hmm. He made me very nervous. I felt very like anxious in his class. Yeah. Now I was a very anxious child anyways. So who knows? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But his wife, Ariana, she was beautiful. I remember thinking that, that she was such a beautiful woman. Um, But I, she wasn't, she was very quiet. Okay. Um, so they used to sit, so you know how like Mormon families, they always have their pew, like uh-huh. pews, but everybody always sits in their seats. <laughs> yep. For sacrament meeting. 
Mm-hmm. So my family always sat on the far right-hand side, right in front of like the wall, basically. Okay. And I yep. think it was so that like if we acted up, like nobody could see us behind. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so like that was our that was our pew. And then they always sat either the pew in front of us or like two in front of us. But like they were always I could always see them in church. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I remember like Rebecca was this little girl and she was so stinking cute and she would like wave at us and we would smile at her and yeah so it was just you know kind of just the way it is in sacrament meeting trying to you know be reverent but you're bored out of your mind. (laughs) So bored. (laughs) Um, And I remember distinctly one time that she was like she was smiling at me and I was smiling at her and like Ariana gave her this look that made the hair stand up on the back of my neck and Todd grabbed her arm and like whipped her around and slammed her down in the pew. And (gasps) I remember just being scared, like just feeling scared. (gasps) Jeez. Like just for smiling at you and not facing forward. That's yikes. Yeah. Oof. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Um, (sighs) so Kind of moving along, um, they have been talking about they wanted to move to Salt Lake. Their friends, their really good friends had already moved down there. And um, there's like a few quotes in the newspaper. Um, like this woman that I knew pretty well, actually my sister knew her really well. I knew her semi-well, but she used to babysit the girls and she thought they were just like a lovely family. But she said that um, like Ariana wanted to go down to Salt Lake and find a job and get established and then the family was going to move down so she was going to this woman in our ward she was going to babysit the girls for a few days while she went down there Uh and and did this and then the Fedorowicz came up to Alberta from Salt Lake and like helped her get a few things together and took her and the kids with them to Utah okay which didn't seem weird um like you know, they're friends if they want to, if they're wanting to move to Utah, then that's helpful. Todd mm-hmm. stayed there in Alberta to, I believe, work. Yeah. Um, so there was nothing really made of it. Like, it didn't seem like anything bad, right? Yeah, that seems pretty normal. Yeah. So um, until, sorry, I'm just going to make sure I check my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So they're down there in Salt Lake. He's up here. Um, Nothing really seemed weird about it. And then we heard that um, Rebecca had been, had had died. Oh, no. Yeah. And so there was a lot of, like, stuff going on. And a lot of stories were coming out that, like, Ariana, who was now, was actually, her name is actually uh, Fresca. Oh, yeah, that's it. Wasn't even the name that we called her isn't actually even her name. Weird. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was really confusing. Things were going crazy. We were trying to like get details. Yeah. And it came out in the news. Um. So what had happened is, sorry, I'm just trying to like double check my notes so I don't get it all wrong. <laughs> you are good, girl. <laughs> Um, so what had happened is 
apparently Rebecca had had a fever. She wasn't feeling good. She had a fever and she fainted. And so um, Fresca, who I knew as Ariana, mm-hmm. was staying with these Fedorwicks. Um, mm-hmm. I believe his name is Andrew. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Double check. Yeah, Andrew, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're good. Um, so they had taken her into the bathroom and put her in a cold bath of water to try and bring down her fever. And apparently she came to and they got some juice into her and she seemed okay. But then they took her out of the tub and she immediately fainted again. This is like, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I would be so concerned. I, I would feel like I'd be rushing to a hospital. Oh, don't you think so? Like, yeah, like, I don't know, a fever so intense that they faint, I would be going to a medical professional. I wouldn't be trying to, like, handle that myself. A hundred percent. Even if you're out of your country, you're still going to, it doesn't matter. You're still going to take yeah. steps to, like, take care of your kid, right? For sure. I mean, you should. You, yeah, you would think so. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. um, so what happened is they finally called 911. Um, paramedics came and they were working on the body on Rebecca Um, Mm -hmm. but at the time that they arrived her body was cold which either yeah which either meant she had like extreme hypothermia or she had been dead for several hours oh yikes oh no oh no yeah um so they told investigators that she had fallen down a flight of stairs the day before, but they didn't think anything was wrong with her until she was throwing up and complaining of a stomach ache and then had fainted twice after being placed in a tub of cold water. Um, but she Holy never- shit. This is yeah. insane. Like yeah. you hear about. So, and she was what, like three years old? Mm-hmm. A three-year-old falls down a flight of stairs. Like that's alone concerning, but then everything else and you're, you're waiting that long to to call 911. I don't yeah. there's something wrong here. <laughs> if my kid fell down the stairs and then puked, I'd be like, "Okay, you have a concussion. We're going to the ER." Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um so that's kind of what they said. They said she never regained consciousness after she fainted the second time. Um but the autopsy revealed that her death had been caused by multiple non-accidental blunt force injuries. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, The medical examiner concluded that the child had been repeatedly assaulted, both sexually and physically, over a period of 24 to 72 hours using blunt, sharp objects. What? Uh, This is... Yeah. Yeah, you were right. This is actually super horrific. It's terrible. It's it's so terrible. Like, yeah, it's yeah, truly unbelievable. Yeah, like I don't I don't really even have words. Like it's just so horrendous and heinous. And that poor sweet little girl. And what the fuck? Who could do this? That's another thing. Ugh. Mm. Yeah. So they searched the apartment. Um. But so um. Bereska was staying with the Fedorowicz, um, Andrew and his wife, Suzanne. They were all staying together. Okay. So they were there. Um, she told police that she 
her children had been with her 24 seven, that nothing could have happened without her knowledge, which kind of, um, kind of seals her fate a little bit. <laughs> that doesn't really also like make sense. I mean, 24 seven, maybe sure. If you're just like constantly in the apartment, but wasn't she going there to try to find a job? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so she'd at least be out at an interview. You'd think like for a little while, but, but whatever, I'll see what's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they searched the apartment and police found a, a cat of nine tails and other like, um, dominatrix type. Oh, I was like, okay, I feel like I've heard of that, but then I couldn't quite picture. And then when you said that, I realized I do know what that is. Okay. Yeah. They also found tapes of, um, both women. So Suzanne and Veresca having sex or sexual whatever with oh, damn. the cat of nine tails and like very explicit very like very x-rated stuff whoa and that's the one involving all three so andrew suzanne and Veresca. this just that is a turn i was not expecting <laughs> which like yeah if you want to do that and everyone's consenting cool but that is definitely oh, not yeah. a, definitely not allowed in mormonism if you're claiming to be an active member <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, further inspection of the body, like this poor girl, what she would have gone through. I can't even I can't even imagine like mm. complete torture. She had bruises like on the bottoms of her feet. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which in some places is like is a form of torture, like having right. your feet hit. Right. Yeah. I, I just my mind can't even like really grasp it you know I know like you're telling me it and I'm reacting but it's also it's almost like too horrific to even fully like comprehend you know what I'm saying to have it happen to a child like I have yeah a three, well he's three next week but I have oh. a three year old I just couldn't mm. I just couldn't imagine no wow yeah so basically yeah her entire body was covered in bruises um she had like skin missing in like the shape of some of these like toys or whatever you want to call them that they had no yeah so no. basically she she had been beaten with these items that they were using to make these sex tapes <sighs> yeah gross wow yeah so um so they went to trial, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, they were both charged with first-degree murder. So just the uh, Fedorwicks or the the mom as well? The mom. So who went who went to trial was Andrew Fedorwicks and Ferosa Bluff. I think I've been saying her name wrong, but because that's that's not who I knew her as, so sorry. <laughs> oh, so, okay, so it was just the... the but the wife, the Fedorik wife, wasn't even charged? She wasn't charged, no. I wonder, do you know, like, why? Like, how they determined who was responsible or who they thought was responsible? That's what I've been kind of trying to figure out. And I think maybe she had a really good lawyer or she might have not been around during Yeah. Because it doesn't really... Like, because she wasn't charged, there's not a lot of details about her. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I found online, like, I could only get, like, a bit of it. And then it was closed to me because I'm not in the country. 
Ah, yeah, there must have been something like, yeah, either she had an alibi or there was proof of her being elsewhere or maybe she even like helped the investigation or something. So, yeah. Okay. Continue. Okay. So, yeah. So they were charged with um, murder, child abuse and sexual abuse of a child. Um, The jury deliberated 90 minutes and found them guilty on all three counts. Oh, good. That That's fast, huh? Yeah. It's a fast jury. Okay. Yeah. So both of them were t- completely found guilty? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they were both given uh, life sentences. They were up for parole in 2019. I could not find any documents about the parole. I believe they're sealed. Oh. Like public use. But I did find on KSL.com that um, Bressa is a yoga teacher in prison. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> she has taken her 500-hour accreditation. So with um, Yoga Alliance, like I have 300 and something hours. Once you hit 500 hours, you actually can teach other yoga instructors how to be instructors. Oh, my God. I Okay, so listeners, we were just chatting before we hit record. I was just talking to Dusty about how she is a yoga teacher. So... <laughs> How do you feel about that? Like, what are your feelings? I, when I read that, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know that people have to do things in prison and like, whatever, but it's just kind of like, I feel really gross that they did this and to a really young child and are just like, now she can just like be a yoga teacher. Yeah. Um, but I think that she said that she found yoga as a way to like work through trauma, which I'm like, well, isn't that nice that you get to work through trauma and your daughter is dead? But right, good for you. I don't know. I have like, she's always claimed her innocence. She's always said that she's innocent. Um, her husband Todd like was obviously at the trial and like stood up for her and like said that she would never. She was an incredible mom. She would never do this. But, like, the, I don't know, the evidence is so clear that this poor little girl went through something so horrific. That Right. You know, it's, I know, because the thing is, is I guess she could say, like, oh, I didn't do it. It was all whatever his name, yellow glasses that did this. But, yeah, like, also, I don't know. The thing that gets me is that she knew that those items like that hurt her child, at least she knew they were in the house because there was the video evidence of her like using them sexually. So she at least knew there were like those implements around. And she also like, you should be able to like observe your child and see that they have bruises and all that. And then also on the day of her death, she didn't do anything quickly enough. Right. And then they like lied about it all. So either way she did some sort of, cover up and neglect at the very very least so yeah Yeah. she's in if she didn't physically harm her child she let it happen which I think is just it's you're just as guilty yeah for sure because with the amount of bruising on this poor little girl like she wouldn't have been able to walk around without crying (sighs) I'm just so floored that anyone could ever like even think to do something like that to anyone, let alone a child, yeah. a little little baby. 
tiny, tiny girl. She was just oh. tiny. She just had these little pigtails and this big oh. smile. And Oh, what evil people. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of the story of how I kind of got a little bit obsessed with true crime because I just, I could never understand it. I could never understand how these people that I knew who maybe gave me the creeps, but I mean... I just could never understand how this could happen. Yeah. 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 Uh, so and my that's mom, bizarre. You were you were so close to it too. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Weird. It's super weird. Um, my mom thinks that there was more to it. Like this just what didn't just happen one day. Like she didn't didn't just go to Utah to be like, hey, let's start abusing my child. Like my mom thinks that there was definitely something something dark before this. Yeah. I, I think that I, yeah, I'd have to agree with your mom because I, it just doesn't, you don't go from like being a loving, happy, wholesome, healthy family one day and then doing this, like this happening the next day, just out of the blue. I feel like there has to be some kind of escalation or other acts that have happened previously. Right. And like after this all happened, there was people, you know, people talk in a small town. Absolutely. And weird stories started coming out about how, um, like, they just were really secretive about certain things. They only would talk to certain people in town, um, like, very closed off. Um, there was actually a car accident that happened right in front of their house. Mm. Like, there's no way they would have not heard it. Um, it was a young girl. She was a teenager. She was, I think she was about 16 or 17. Uh-huh. She crashed head on into like a light stand in front of their house uh-huh. and hit into the steering wheel. And like her car battery actually died because the horn was going what? right in front of their house. And they didn't look out the window. They didn't call 911. Weird. Right? That's super weird. Yeah. So just like weird things like that started kind of coming out. Like people had seen like strange looking knives or like, um, like wrist, um, restraints and that Mm. sort of thing kind of through the windows. And yeah, so it started, I don't, I mean, again, it's a small town. It could be tons of rumors, Yeah. you know, people like to blow things out of proportion, but there was definitely like this feeling of like, a weirdness once we all learned about what had happened. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So she's in prison and mm-hmm. her husband, are they still married? I believe that he has filed for divorce. He did get custody of Sarah, the little girl. Yeah. Um, and my mom ran into him a few years after this all happened. And she looked at him and he looked at her and she said it was like looking at the devil himself. <gasps> oh my God. I literally just got chills again. What's going yeah. on? Um, and that's what made her think that there was more to this abuse and all of this going on than to, than what was, had maybe come out with his wife. Do we know how the, the baby is now? I mean, I, I know that she's probably grown now, but. She's 20 now. Which makes me like, oh, my God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, okay, so she's alive. That's good. I know that he changed his name um, 
I kind of tried going through a few different things and couldn't find any information about him. I believe he changed her name as well to protect her. Um, and then my mom was like, oh, I know who you could call and talk to. And I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> You're going to be an investigative reporter, Dusty. <laughs> I, know. I know. I did reach out to a few people to be like, hey, do you remember? And a, a few of them were like, oh, I remember, but I don't remember this part of it and stuff. And I was like, well, you're no help to me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So do you like do you have a theory? I mean, to me, I'm just I'm just thinking about it all, processing it all. And it seems like there must have been something at least kinky, I guess, going on in their house, um, Mm. but probably abusive. And then it seems like maybe they were like sexy time friends with the Fedorwicks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there had they had to be because you don't you don't like have this loving relationship with your husband and then go to stay with friends to look at potential jobs and then start hooking up with your friend's husband like that's just weird like on film too Yeah, on film I mean if that's what people want to do if people want to have an open relationship and like everybody's aware of it like okay that's oh yeah like yeah no judgment (laughs) no judgment for me like y'all do what you want but this seems like it was some like I don't know it just feels maybe with the um religious overtone of shame there was the extra secrecy and it seems also like yeah there was this um, darker side with perhaps I don't know the the BDSM stuff so then yeah. it's like what's the theory here is it just that that the the Fedorwick husband was just like a super like like what like I don't know I guess in my head I'm like why why involve the little the little baby like why do that to the baby but I guess I'm trying to put logic to something that I'll just never understand yeah I don't think you can. I think it was kind of like almost like almost a cult mentality that he. Oh, yeah. So into the fundamental stuff. I think he was very like leadership feeling and like in control of people in a way. Oh, I I think you're onto something there for sure. Um, And and also, I mean, I, I have no idea if this plays into it, but the fundamental stuff, like you said, the power, the control and then. The having multiple women, I mean, mm-hmm. that's part of, like, Mormon fundamentalism, too. Well, yeah, because all these women that ended up marrying, like, a prophet, like, that was, like, that was, like, almost an honor, right, that you were married yeah. to a prophet? Like, Yeah, yeah, you were selected. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, like, the cult 101 thing is, like, yeah, let me marry all these women and girls. Ugh, ick. Yeah. <sighs> that story is like crazy. It's bonkers. It's bonkers yeah. And I feel like there's more to it. Like, and I wonder also the, the wife, Fedorwick wife, like, don't you think that also she's, I just feel like if any adult in that house seeing that child, like they should have done something. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I don't, there's no way you could have not known that the little girl was, like, in pain, that something was wrong. Like, there's, there's yeah. just, you know, the level of damage to her body, <sighs> there's just no, there's absolutely no way that you could have just, like, oh, I didn't even know that she was sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that, that cover-up is so gross. Yeah. Um, It kind of leads me into, like, thinking about what we were, we were also talking about before we started recording is that the there 
I guess the Mormon environment or like this religious environment or whatever, it can lead to these scenarios where everyone's like trusting and they're like, oh, well, they're, they're in the ward, so they're fine or blah, blah, blah. And then you can end up like you were saying, Dusty, before we hit record that like, it's just because you're Mormon doesn't mean that, you know, you can't be like, there are Mormon monsters is the point is that it doesn't make you a good person. And it also sets people up like it's a prime environment for abuse and stuff because of all of the trust, especially the power given to men in the church mm-hmm. as well. Like, yeah, yeah, we were just talking about um, Ted Bundy. I don't know if if you listeners know that Ted Bundy was baptized Mormon, which I feel like it's not really brought up that much, but it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. And the girl that he was with for all those years. She was a Mormon girl. Too. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Ah, yeah. So I found a couple of things about that. I just was looking around on Google, and yeah. So he, because he went to the University of Utah for a while, and he yeah. got baptized in 1975, and he wasn't like a super devout member, but he was fairly active. Like he had all these friends in the ward and the stake, and then. It says here that after he was arrested and charged with the kidnapping of Carol DeRanch, branch members flocked to his aid because they, quote, they just knew that he was innocent of all charges. He, like, had swindled these people and had gotten in, you know, into the in crowd, and Mm -hmm. he used his charm and the fact that he was a man and whatever, and everyone was just like, oh, they have the wrong guy. There's no way brother Bundy could have done this <laughs> ah, and then I'll I'll try to like post it somewhere but they even show on this one blog post the branch made a like we care about you and we're here for you card that they sent to Ted Bundy in jail and everyone in, well maybe not everyone but it, there's all these different signatures of people from the branch being like it'll be okay like that's so wild to think we about what it, you yeah, a bunch of women. It's fine. Ah, yeah. yeah, it just goes to show that like so many men in the church get away with so much because yeah, yeah. yeah there's that you you have to trust each other because there's that built-in. I don't know. We're the same. Everybody else is othered, and we're the same, and so yeah. we're we're okay. You know. Yeah. And how often we see this over and over. We've covered so many of these stories, but then even in like um, murder among the Mormons, you know, he was able to like swindle people and kill people because of the trust and because he was a quote unquote priesthood holder. And same with um, what was that? Uh, Abducted in plain sight. Did you watch that? Does that not just make you like want to scream at your TV? Yes. Because <laughs> it's like you you feel like in any other quote unquote normal situation, these parents would have been like, whoa, this is weird. But since they had all this trust for this guy, because he's got to be a good guy, he's a Mormon and he, you know, has this priesthood and he has this calling at church. And then, yeah, it's just so easy for them to weasel their way in and abuse and do all this horrible shit. Yeah, like I had a friend who was a Nevermo that watched that and was like, what is wrong with people in that church? <laughs> There's a few things. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and I guess that that's a good point too, is that they get away with all different kinds of things, even things like we've been seeing from like the bishops asking the inappropriate questions. Mm-hmm. They just have been getting away with it for so long. I mean, hopefully we're going to see change in that, but yeah, it's really good to point out that like there are monsters everywhere and Mormonism is kind of like, I don't know, it feels like a protective shield of abusers and they got to be exposed, you know? Yeah, they really do because no no victim deserves to go through anything just and and, and to watch their abuser just walk away scot free. That's not okay. No. No. Uh, or not even watch, right? Like that poor, poor little girl. She just yeah. didn't have a life after. It's ugh. that is, that yeah. story is so terrible. Like I, I can't believe I hadn't heard it before. Yeah, it's very obscure. I think because it's so it's so horrible. Um, and it did happen. I mean, <laughs> ages ago. I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> ages ago. <laughs> um, but, like, even, I even remember, like, when it happened, like, there was reporters around wanting to talk to people in town, and I remember it got hushed-hushed really quickly. Really? Yeah, like, we, it it just kind of became this, like, taboo thing to even, like, mention after a while. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I really don't know. I do know one of the people that, um, like, our bishop knew Todd quite well and I don't know if it was like the ward's gonna help you out by just shutting up about this Mm. or I don't know but I just remember it just became this topic that you didn't you didn't talk about like even when I asked my mom I was like hey I want some information and I mentioned it to her and she was like how on earth did you remember all of that and I was like well I was 13 when it happened yeah yeah it was five or whatever but (laughs) and then she started thinking she's like oh yeah it's starting to come back to me like she really had to like sit with it for a bit before she started to remember a lot of it because it was just not spoken about and I think like of course it's uncomfortable but it's important to like keep that memory of that little girl alive you know like and I just think yeah to just not talk about it because it's uncomfortable isn't the solution and also Todd gives me the creeps I'm just gonna say it like there's something like especially because you said even as like a little kid there was just something there there was just something about him that made me really uncomfortable like you know there's a certain people that just yeah. And we're told to ignore that, right? But mm-hmm. there was just something in my gut that I I never wanted to sit next to him. Like we'd sit our chairs in a circle and I never wanted to sit next to him. Mm. I would wander to class really slowly, like just weird things that you do as a kid, which now looking back, like, yeah, he probably yeah, there's probably a reason. Oh, yeah, you were picking up on something. And yeah. that that made me think of something. You said we're told to ignore that like feeling and I think it's so interesting and also kind of ironic that you're told to trust the leaders in the church and like trust your your teachers and your priesthood holders because they'll they're safe and they'll help you but if you get that weird icky uncomfortable feeling around someone especially if they're not a member of the church then that's the holy ghost telling you to stay away from them 
But yeah. if they're in the church, you're probably just uncomfortable for a different reason. <laughs> yeah. Something's wrong with you, right? Like you're, yeah. you're being judgmental or you're being. Or no. maybe you've sinned and that's why you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I was teaching about, I don't know, what was I doing at 12? Not stealing. And I maybe I stole something from my <laughs> yeah. closet. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. But I think that's, that's how I think that's how a lot of abusers get away with it is because young, innocent people are told to not trust their gut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they can they they can see that and they can prey on it and they know that they can get away with it because you know you go to your parents and say this made me feel this way they're going to push that away and they're going to push the teachings of the church and the gospel on you instead of listening to what you're saying yeah because that's what they've been you know that's what they've been programmed with their entire lives too right right it's yeah, it's a whole other level, a whole other like thing about how the church, the church is harmful and it because it really does have that built in protection yeah. of abusers. Once they get to that level of authority, it's like they can almost do no wrong. And then when they do wrong, I've I've noticed when someone points out like if a, if a bishop is caught for sexually assaulting someone or anything, right? Like it's pointed out in the media and it blows up. I notice that active Mormons get really defensive and they're like, well, that's just one man. It's not all of us. And we're like, we're not saying it's all of you. What we're saying is that he shouldn't have gotten away with this for so long. And your structure of your church is allowing this to keep happening. Yeah. So it's, it, it's interesting how they would rather defend the church than expose the predators in a lot of cases. Yeah, which makes, like, if it's just one person, then, you know, take that one person down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, then why are you worried about it? (laughs) Prosecute him, get him to jail or whatever, and then, yeah, don't let it happen again. (laughs) Don't let it happen again. Well, Dusty, this episode was amazing. I must say, I think my favorite part was learning about Holy Ghost farts. Um, (laughs) Now we know where the smell comes from, everyone. (laughs) <laughs> we too, um, we have an amazing listener and supporter from uh, the Exmo Candle Company. I don't know if you follow them on social media, oh, but they do. They need to they make, to Canada. <laughs> I, yeah, I was gonna say they make amazing candles with all these really creative names. They need to make one. Here's a freebie for you, uh, Ex- Exmo Candle Co. You need to do Holy Ghost farts or Holy Ghost crop dusting yes. because. I think that would fly off the shelves. You just got to figure out. I will pay extra to get it shipped to me. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. All right. Well, thank you again, Dusty, for being a lovely guest and for all of your research. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for letting me share this really weird, random story that I kind of sort of was involved in, not really. Yeah, no, you were. And it's important to talk about this stuff, even though it's, it's gross and terrible. Yeah. But you yeah. gotta remember that the shit happens everywhere. So. Yeah, victims deserve their stories to be told for sure. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, listeners, thanks so much. We love you, and we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.